Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Rarely in so short of a space will you find so powerful of a ministry as we do with the short letter known as the letter of Jude. In Jude, he is dealing with a situation that is as contemporary today as it was nearly 2,000 years ago when Jude first penned those words. The, the situation we are dealing with is the situation of nominal Christianity and false teachers. And that's exactly what Jude tackles. You know, a lot of people uh, debate this, but I believe it's fairly solid to say that we know that Jude was a brother of the Lord Jesus. If you look, for example, in Mark chapter number six, verse number three, and Matthew chapter 13, verse 15, you'll find listed there the names Judas and James as the brothers of Jesus. And, you know, why would you go by the name Jude rather than Judas? Is it the same person? I I believe it is. I believe it is. Not to give too much time to that because we want to get to the point today and introduce the book and and the um, main topics of the book. But I, I believe if you had the notorious Judas Iscariot in the history of the young church when this letter was written, you'd want to go by your shorter nickname, Jude 2. I think it was a pretty common name then. Uh, But more important than anything is we meet Jude as a servant of Jesus Christ. And we know that in his earthly ministry, his brothers misunderstood who he was as a person. They did not recognize him as the Messiah, and they did not follow him as disciples. And if they did, it was not mentioned in detail and definitely very late in Jesus's earthly life. But no doubt they grew up with him. No doubt the Holy Ghost fell upon James and Judas, and no doubt James and Judas or Jude gave a gift to the church that we are still enjoying today, that is still informing much of how we think and live today. In this first episode in this series on the letter of Jude, we simply want to share the first two verses, mention a few other verses, and introduce the book and its major themes and give some consideration to why it's so necessary. Before we read those scriptures, let's just put into context what we've been going over the last few weeks. We've been going over this series, Fruitful Disciple, and we've got to use a bit of uh, just simple logic here, right? Uh, The way God initiates a relationship with people, a personal relationship with people, is through the Lord Jesus. Jesus says, uh, I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And how does one come to the father through the Lord Jesus? John chapter number one and verse number 12 says, 
we believe on that name and receive him and we're given right to be given the right to be called uh, uh, son of God, child of God. And we know in Romans 10 that that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. We know that we know that when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, uh, we are given the right to think of ourselves as saved because that that confession is made with the mouth and that belief is made in the heart. We know uh, some of our favorite passages just bring this stuff out. We know that we're all sinners. We know we were born dead in our trespasses and sins. We know that anyone who comes to, to God through Christ Jesus will in no wise be cast out. We know, as John 3, 16 says, that for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And if you go down to verse number 18 in John chapter 3. It says, whoever believes in him is already not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already. So we know that it's 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 plain and simple that the, the truth that Jesus is exclusive hasn't changed one iota in the last 2,000 years. Now, here's what's critical. Here's what's critical. When we look at the book of Jude, we need to come at it with a little bit of logic. If the only way to God is through Jesus, then what's the number one thing that's going to be on the enemy's list to do? Thwart people from coming to God. Thwart people from knowing Jesus. And for those who know Jesus, the number one tactic of the enemy is to cause them not to enjoy their salvation, not to enjoy their Savior, not to enjoy the Father. So he wants to prevent the lost from having their blinders lifted off. He wants to prevent them from finding life in God through Jesus. And he wants to prevent believers from enjoying abundant life. That being said, the enemy does not care by what lie we are distracted as long as it is some lie distracting us from the truth. Think about that. If if you were doing counterfeit money, what is going to be the most deceptive tool to go into a store with monopoly money? No way. No way. That that wouldn't even fool that wouldn't even fool a person who could not see. What would be the most effective way is to find the absolute best material to 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 traffic it through the most trusted sources and to create the closest sort of counterfeit you can. So we need Jude. It's just plain and simple. It's logical. If you think again about Romans chapter eight, to introduce, to to make right in relationship mankind with the father, what does he do? He gives his only son. And in Romans eight, what does he say? He says, nothing in Christ Jesus is going to cast you out of my love. Nothing's going to separate you from my love. It says that if he's given us his son, Jesus, what will he withhold from us? So our enemy and our enemies, compadres in maliciousness, want us never to see the light of Jesus. And if we've seen the light of Jesus, he does not want us to walk in the light. So we need the book of Jude. Let me read the two introductory verses from Jude 
Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who are called beloved in God, the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. That's Jude verses 1 and 2. Let me share some introductory thoughts with the rest of today's podcast. I want to begin by saying this letter is written simply to those who are called. It's those who God in his sovereign grace has called out of darkness and into light. It's those who God has foreknown since before even the creation of the earth. This letter is to those saints, those saints whom God has called out and called out who he's saved out, who he's delivered out of darkness, who he's delivered out of the domain of darkness and into the kingdom of his beloved son. This letter is for the true church. This warning, this this call to be aware and be cautioned about nominal Christianity. Uh, this, this letter that warns us of heretical teaching and heretical teachers. And this letter that teaches us how to build up the church of Christ. It's for the saints of God. Those set apart for that grand salvation that God gives through the Lord Jesus. That's who it's for. And you know what? I, I can't think of a better way to open our thoughts on Jude than to grab this quote from John MacArthur's commentary on the book of Jude. John MacArthur said, uh, begin quote, although God's people sometimes forget the importance of the truth, Satan never does. Ever since the fall, the father of lies has done everything in his power to destroy, hide, and twist the truth constantly attempting to replace it with falsehood and deception, end quote. Every, ever since the fall, every moment, every opportunity, Satan desires to conceal the truth. Satan desires to replace the truth. Satan desires to twist the truth. He desires to create deception that uproots people's trust in God. Here again, he wants those who don't know the Lord to never know the Lord. And he wants those that know the Lord not to enjoy the Lord. The Bible tells us to study to show thyself approved. He even wants people who study the scriptures to twist the scriptures. He wants people to know the scriptures, not to walk in the scriptures. It doesn't matter how you think of it. The enemy wants to distort the truth, deceive a person, twist the revelation of God and twist up the people who would walk with God. Wow, what a powerful, powerful quote from John MacArthur. What a powerful paragraph, you might say. I want you to think about some other reality. Jude writes this letter to the church, and we've pointed that out. But why does he need to write such a letter to the church? Well, it's just sensible when we think about the idea of how counterfeit money works Counterfeit faith works the same way. You want to pass off as real something that is absolutely not real so that you could gain some profit from uh, at someone else's expense. That's what Satan 
wants to do. He wants to gain some profit at someone else's expense by passing off counterfeit. Uh, I wish we had time to walk through every one of these passages, but let me just hold up three examples for you. You know the story of Simon Magus or Simon the Magician in Acts chapter number nine. Uh, what a fool this guy was. If you if you were to turn to, Act, excuse me, I said Acts nine, I mean Acts eight. Acts chapter number eight, he this guy wanted to use the gospel for personal profit. Now, you tell me that's not a relative and contemporary subject today. How many are those among us who claim to be servants of the Most High God who go around preaching outright heresy just for personal profit? And there are some who tell the truth with the ulterior motive of personal profit. Think about that. It's a contemporary subject. Or how about uh, someone we hear about actually twice. We hear about him in 1 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse number 20. It reads like this. Uh, Among whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan that they may not learn to blaspheme. He's mentioned again in uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 17. And the talk of such men will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus. Now, what is he talking about in each one of these cases? Not to not to belabor it too long, but I think it's worth considering. In First Timothy chapter one, it says that 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 there are those who hold the faith in good conscience, but there are others that reject the faith and have made a shipwreck of their faith. They have they have they have not held to the instructions given by apostolic order. They have not held to the time-tested revelatory prophecies about Jesus Christ that have come true. They've not held to them themselves. They've made a shipwreck of their own faith and they have caused others not to hold from them, hold to them, and they've made a shipwreck of other people's faith. Or you consider what it teaches us in 2 Timothy. Uh, this talk, what did the talk? It's it's as as the apostle Paul is writing to Pastor Timothy, he tells him in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, do your best to present yourself as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed. Now listen to this, rightly handling the word of truth. Verse number 16 says this, avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead into more and more ungodliness. Number one, it's babble. Number two, it's reverent. Why? Because... That sort of talk spreads like gangrene. What a picturesque word to use. How many soldiers have lost their limbs to this infection? How many people have lost their lives to this infection? Infection, And it names Hymenaeus and Philetus. These guys are doing irreverent babble and it's spreading around. You don't believe irreverent babble spreads? Just go on social media. My goodness gracious, y'all. And let's not forget... Diotrephes, named in 3 John. In 3 John, it's only one chapter, verse number nine. It says of Diotrephes there, I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. Here's someone trying to upset biblical teaching, trying to undermine biblical authority. Everywhere you turn, from the beginning of the church until this day, we see the work of the enemy seeking to thwart the promotion of truth. 
The enemy does not care how he does it as long as he does it. In the next few weeks, we're going to unfold the book of Jude, and it is it is very contemporary. It is very, very contemporary. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to tell you about a powerful documentary I'm going to challenge you to, to find and purchase, and I think you can watch it free. I think I am found a source, but I got to make sure that's accurate. I want to tell you guys about it. I want you to see how prevalent is false teaching in our day. And the problem isn't just that uh, there's these people among us doing false teaching that and I feel the need to call them out and talk ugly about them. That's not the problem. The problem is that false teaching spreads like gangrene and it shipwrecks faith and it causes people to not trust Jesus and that causes people to miss out on God. It causes lost people to stay blind and it causes saved people sometimes to act a fool, but in the minimum, in the minimum, to be distracted from enjoying God or obeying their gospel call. Now, if you think it's strong talk to call out false teachers, and there's a bunch of them today. Oh, my goodness. Name names and talk junk. We could. We could talk about uh, Joel Osteen and T.D. Jakes. We could could name names all day long. We could. And if you think that's strong talk, then, then go check out Matthew chapter 17, excuse me, Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Go check out Acts chapter 20, verse Uh, 29. You know what you'll find in Matthew 7? You'll find the Lord Jesus calling false teachers vicious and treacherous wolves. You know what you'll find in Acts chapter 20? You'll find the saintly apostle Paul calling false teachers vicious and treacherous wolves. In in Matthew 24, uh, verse 11, the Lord Jesus says, many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. The Lord Jesus had no problem calling out false teacher, false teaching, nor false teachers. And, and we know, we know of, of uh, the apostles warning to, to Timothy, the apostle Paul's warning to Timothy. Uh, we, we've already gone over that. And, and the reason I pointed out again is because he didn't just name false teaching. He also named false teachers. He named them by name. He called them out. And so it's not impolite to do this. I would say we should we should study up ourselves. We should make sure we're promoting right doctrine. We should make sure they are promoting false doctrine. We should be careful. We should be compassionate. We should be kind, but we should not be afraid. We should mirror those good people of the past like John and Paul and Jude, and we should mirror our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who had no problem both loving someone and calling them on their junk. Over the next few weeks, Jude is going to be a fascinating survey into many of the problems we face as the church today. And these problems come most severely from within. Thank you guys for listening to this introduction. I look forward to unfolding Jude with you. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. 
Tim Bowes is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club. Thank you.